disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in, because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put off his for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came to the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus <coughs> that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten his belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he is glorified God. After this, he said to him, Follow me. The gospel for the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you together today. We pray that you and your power and grace would come and dwell amongst us, Lord. That you would open our hearts to receive you. That you would open up our minds that you might transform them. Lord, and we pray that you would place your words in my mouth that I might faithfully proclaim them. Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. So good to see you all today. So on Wednesday, for my day of reflection, I went four-wheeling. Right? I love doing stuff like that. Um, And it was awesome, right? I was down in Greenhorn Creek Valley, and I was driving over rocks and through the creeks and up these steep hills and stuff. It was so much fun. But partway through, I'd kind of like crawled my way up this river valley and came to this spot where there was this beautiful little waterfall. And I got out of the car and walked over to the waterfall and felt so clearly the presence of God. Have you ever felt that before? Right? That, oh, it's just such a beautiful, almost electric feeling. The thing is, that wasn't the first time I'd felt the presence of God there before. Right, that spot I've driven to a bunch of times in my life, ever since I first, um, I guess I was 17 years old when I first became a Christian and started crawling. I was, at the same time, had an old car like I had now, and was driving around down in there, and spent, used to spend a lot of time down in that valley praying, because I could get away from everybody, it was quiet, it was still, and I would just sit and pray and listen to God. And so that spot has become a special spot for me. And so when I was there yesterday, or on Wednesday, it felt just so great to feel God there with me and to be able to talk to him and communicate with him. Now, there's not something cosmically different about that spot on the river, right? It's not like the mystery spot or something like that, right? There's nothing. um, It's just a spot that over the years, God has brought me back to different times and has been there. And I've been able to communicate with him and feel close to him and enjoy that time with him. It's a place that for me brings back memories of God's grace and just being there reveals him to me again. God uses places and events in our lives to remind us of our history with him. You ever experienced that before? Right? Those things you walk into a place you've been there before and you've experienced God there and then you feel it again as soon as you're there. I think something like that is happening in our gospel passage for today. Now, our gospel passage begins as a classic guy's story, right? The guys are bored, and so what does Peter suggest they go do? They go fishing, that's right. And so, uh, and this part is where I really connect with the story, right? Because how much fish do they catch initially? None, that's right. They fish all night long and catch no fish at all. Then some dude on the shore... Gives them some advice about where to fish. They can't make it out. They can't make out who it is because he's like 100 yards off, right? Uh, But they put down their nets where he tells them to, and they catch a ton of fish. Then John says to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, what do you think it is about this miraculous catch that causes John to immediately be able to recognize Jesus? Yeah, and I think it also reminded them about an earlier time in their lives where Jesus had done something almost exactly the same as this. That happened in Luke chapter 5, 
right? In that miraculous catch, Peter, James, and John, same crew, right? There's a few extras in this, the later one. Peter, James, and John have been fishing and caught nothing. They're tired out, and a guy from the shore tells them to put down their nets, and though they protest about it and say, oh, we've tried all night, we haven't caught anything, they eventually do, and they bring up so many fish that their nets are snapping. And then they call in another boat, and that boat almost sinks with the load of the fish that they brought in. After this miracle, Peter falls at the feet of Jesus and declares himself unclean. He says, Away from me, Lord, for I am an unclean man. And after that event, Peter, James, and John became disciples of this guy on the shore. Who was that guy on the shore? Jesus, that's right. So, remarkable similarities. Do you pick those up, right? Fishing all night, catching nothing, guy on the shore saying, put down your nets here. They put down their nets, bring up a ton of fish in both accounts. Right? It reminded them of an earlier time. And so John was easily able to say, that is the Lord. So had these disciples experienced something like this event earlier in their lives? Yes, they had. And it certainly would have reminded them of their Lord. So when Peter recognizes Jesus, he throws on some clothes. He fishes differently than I do, thank goodness. And hopefully differently than you do, too. And he swims to the shore, right? That's what Peter does. And there he finds Jesus with a charcoal fire. Now, this might sound like a minuscule detail, this whole charcoal fire thing, right? I mean, what's the big deal, how you make a fire? But the only other place in the Gospel of John where we see a charcoal fire is when Peter is in the courtyard of the high priest and is warming himself by that fire. Anyone remember what's happening around Peter at that time? He's denying Christ, and what's happening to Christ? He's being tried, that's right. That's the only other time we see this charcoal fire with Peter by it. And it's by this fire that Peter, or it's by that fire that Peter denied Christ three times. So is this charcoal fire random a thing? You think John's just throwing it in there because he doesn't think it matters? No, this is a significant fire. This fire would have taken Peter back to that night. That night when he denied Christ three times. And then Jesus asks Peter three questions. Why did he ask him three questions? Do you think? Why not four or two? He had denied him three times before. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And then... Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Simon, son of John, do you love me? To which Peter, who's Simon, Simon Peter is his name, right? To which Peter replies, yes, I do, Lord, I love you. And each time Peter replies with that assertion of his love, Jesus replies, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Jesus is giving Peter an opportunity to restore the relationship that he had denied previously on that night by that other charcoal fire. He is giving him another chance to renew that relationship with Christ. And with each answer of Peter's love for Christ, Jesus reinstates him to the role of a pastor. Right? He gives him a mission. Feed my sheep, tend my sheep, feed my lambs. Peter 
because of this event, is no longer racked with guilt about his denial of Jesus Christ at his trial. Rather, he is now reconciled to him and can now look forward to what Jesus has put ahead of him. God orchestrated the events to show Peter his mercy and his grace. The massive haul of fish were given to them to remind them of the day that they were called to be disciples. And the charcoal fire and the three questions were given to remind him of the forgiveness that is his and to send him out renewed to proclaim the good news. Now, this is awesome and miraculous. But I think what is also even equally as awesome and miraculous is that God does this stuff in our lives, too. It's not just reserved for the apostles. It's not just they get a special kind of thing. God gives us events in our life that, draw, that remind us of our past with him, that draw us back to moments when we might have been unfaithful or when we might, have remember, we might remember a point of great faithfulness. And the cool thing is, is he's totally non-formulaic about it. Do you think Peter could just go start lighting charcoal fires and God would show up all the time at those? No, it doesn't work that way. Right? God doesn't work like if A, then B. It doesn't always work like that. But God would show up at the times when he needed to to remind his faithful people about what it means to follow him and to renew their love for him. For instance, for myself, I've been to that spot, that waterfall down on Greenhorn Creek, a bunch of times. But not every time I go do I feel that sense of God's presence. Only sometimes. There's no formula behind it. I can't predict when it's going to happen. But sometimes, God just radically and significantly shows up. And when he did on Wednesday, it took me back to a time when I was much younger. A time when I had hair. Right? a long time ago. Time when I was so passionate about my walk with God because it was brand new. I had just come to faith in Christ. And that place became a significant place for me where I would spend time with the Lord. And so feeling his presence in that spot again took me back. It revitalized that passion within me. It reminded me how much I love him and how much he loves me. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit want us to be in relationship. And God constantly is seeking to draw us close to him. The radical thing about this account from our gospel is that it shows us that no matter how far we might have gotten from God, no matter how far we might have distanced ourselves from God, he always wants us back. And he makes straight the way back to him. Is God trying to reach out to you now? Has God been extending these opportunities to you to be reunited to him, to have that relationship revitalized? Is there guilt or sin that's separating you from him? If so, confess it to him and receive his love and grace and mercy in exchange. Or perhaps God has been reaching out to you because he just wants to renew that relationship with you, to refresh it. Please accept his invitation and go and spend time with him. 
allow him to renew your heart and to feel that joy which was there before again. Because I can guarantee you, you will not be disappointed in this endeavor. Whatever time you invest in the Lord will not be time wasted. It will be time well spent. And so may God bless us all as we seek his presence this week. May he revitalize our hearts and our souls, that we might live with joy and hope in our hearts, so that we can proclaim his good news to this world, not out of jaded hearts or not out of just rote memory, but out of refreshed, renewed love for him, so that others can come to know, love, and serve him, as we know and love and serve him as well. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you give us these awesome encounters with you, that you remind us, Lord, of times before, Lord, when our lives were different and where we might have felt more close to you or, or more perceived your joy in a more clear way. Lord, help us to hear you in the midst of those moments. Help us to turn our hearts over to you. Help us to confess our brokenness and sin. And help us to receive your grace, your peace, your joy, and your reconciliation in exchange. And then, Lord, help us to share that good news with others. May we tend your sheep and feed your lambs, Lord, and do what you have placed before us. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.